When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. A good old-fashioned shootout in Sacktown, 143 to 131. The final score. Light the beam. The Kings win in just a moment. Ryan in Sacktown on If You Don't Like That. Three, two, one, go. Sacramento missed you. Carter. Stolen by Williams. And look at this. Oh, you don't like that. You don't like NBA basketball. an ESPN highlight right there. Woo! Carlson comes in. How about this? Holy moly, Jim Bob Bowley. That is a major league smush. How about that second half score? 77 to 75. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? It's nuts. I mean, hard to believe they have four wins because they score a lot of points. 116 per game. That is a lot of points. And uh, they showed it. I mean, they played last night. And, uh, you know, I, listen, the game really it got fun there for a while, but you knew the Kings were going to win. But that's just crazy, huh? 143 to 131. I mean, all five Kings, obviously, with 143 points, you would figure all five starters would be in double figures led by Fox's 30 and uh, Sabonis with uh, 28. Keegan followed up his good game with uh, 25. You didn't really need that much from the bench tonight. Monk's the only one that got in double figures with 10. But, uh, you know, again, Fox and Sabonis leading the way. Yeah, a huge triple-double for Sabonis tonight. Fox, slow start, but gets on track. I mean, it's one of those games, Grant. How did we get here? I'm looking at the Kings stats. I'm looking at Jordan Poole with 28. Like, I know. Weird game. A, a very weird game. Uh, I do love the assist to turnovers, 35 to 7. That's very, very good. That's going to win you a lot of games. You talked about Sabonis with his triple-double, but, you know, if you have 35 assists and only seven turnovers, you're probably going to win the game. Yeah, and granted, Washington really wasn't putting a ton of pressure on the Kings, especially yeah. compared to what they saw against the Jazz. But when you when you love the leather like that, as Jerry says, it's yeah. kind of been a trademark of the Kings this year, Grant. When they win, this is the stat you see. That's exactly right. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to play this way with the competition coming up, particularly on Wednesday. But, you know, again, it just shows you that they can do it. Um, 
does it bother me that Washington scored that much? A, a little bit. I'm not going to lose sleep yeah. over it. You're going to have games like this from time to time. You know, if you had told me before the game started that the Wizards were going to score 131, I would have said, wow, the Kings are going to lose. You know, if you told me before the game, Napes, I'm telling you right now, the Wizards are going to score 130 plus, I would go, uh-oh, that's not good. Uh, but the Kings firepower tonight, I mean, what are you going to do, right? They were scoring at will. They end up shooting. You ready for this? They end up making 20 of 26, or excuse me, 17 of 43 from beyond the arc and 53 of 100 from the regular. So they shoot 53%. Uh, they shoot nearly 40% from three. You know, the free throws weren't great. They missed six, 20 of 26. Yeah. I think that's like 76%. But I don't know. Do you think they just coasted in the fourth quarter and then they got a little lackadaisical at the end or what? Yeah, I think it was a combination of both things. I mean, the Wizards, the, they're three ball tonight. They were close to 50%. Yeah. That's way above average for them. Yeah. Um, but it was a weird game. I think there wasn't Pretty a weird. lot of free throws, Grant. I mean, they had 64 points in the paint, the Kings. And to finish with, what would you say, only 16 free throws, I believe? Yeah. That, that's not a ton. So it doesn't make for a lot of stoppages. So you have long spurts of, you know, kind of up and down play. If baskets are going in, not going in, it's just kind of a weird flow. No, I want to correct myself. The Kings had, uh, they were 20 of 26 from the line. They missed six. Oh, uh, the Wizards were 25 of 30 from the line. So they missed five. But again, you know, 143 to 131. And hey, we keep on talking about this. You know, you got to win because, you know, the teams above you, although Dallas got blown out tonight. But when you look at you know, the teams ahead of you, you know, Minnesota's coming in. Oklahoma City's ahead of you, even though you beat them twice. You look at Denver. They're now 18 and 10. Sacramento, by the way, with the win is fourth now at 16 and 9. They are a half game ahead of Dallas. And then keep your eye on the Clippers and the Pelicans, Ryan, because they're really playing well. Yeah, and two teams playing well and are difficult matchups for the Kings. So it's going to be how it's going to be all season. I mean, this Western Conference is stacked. But the good thing, Grant, and we talked about this last pregame or postgame show, is we're nitpicking at these things. But as we do, the Kings keep stap stacking wins on wins on wins. Yep. Well, then that's what you got to do. So you're 16 and nine overall. And again, Ryan, I love this 10 and three at home. And you got three more games on this homestand. So I, I love that. I mean, that's. That's a big improvement from last year. It is a big improvement. I mean, there's some of those games they lost. They could have been easily wins for the Kings this year. But Grant, I want to see what the Kings do against the class of the NBA. It really, the next three games, what can they do on their home court? And how yeah. dramatic is it going to be from a night like this against Washington? Well, you're getting Boston on the second night of a back-to-back. -back, but Boston's one of those teams that it, 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 they don't really dwell on that. That's why their record is what they are. And they got, you know, so many uh, vets. So, but you do have an advantage there. Thank goodness Fox played tonight because you probably don't win this game yeah. if Fox sits it out. He was questionable and they didn't really know until an hour before the game. So thank goodness for that because you, again, you would have lost the game in all likelihood. Yeah, you you don't get 17 from Keon Ellis tonight like he got the other night. You don't get 47 from Keegan, although he played very well. So it would have been a problem yep. for the Kings, no doubt. Uh, hello to uh, Victor in the Dominican Republic. Hope that you are enjoying your time there. Uh, King's best start since 2004. Not bad. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's very good. No question about that. So, again, we're going to get a measuring stick game on Wednesday. Another measuring stick game on uh, Saturday, I believe it is, when Minnesota comes in. I know you beat Minnesota, but, you know, they're, they're the best record in, in the West. So, again, I think that's a nice barometer game to look at. 
Yeah, and it gives the Kings another shot to show how they match up with Minnesota as well. That first game, they shot the heck out of the three yeah. ball. You didn't get a great offensive effort from Minnesota. So uh, it, it's a good chance to see if they can get a 2-0 lead on them here in the West. Good afternoon to uh, David in Cambodia. We are happy to have you here watching from uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, can I grow a goatee and look like a badass like Ryan? No. Uh-uh, that's Ryan. I'm not. I'm not stepping on Ryan's good look there, man. No, that's Ryan. I'm clean cut. Appreciate you know, got my hair combed, no beard. No, that's not my style. You know. Have you ever had a beard? No, that never. That brings up a good question. Never. Yeah, never. Okay. No. Nope. Don't get me started. Okay. <laughs> Could you gonna, grow a beard if start, you wanted we're to? Start, we're gonna start raising money for charity again. Uh. Uh-uh, not. Yeah. yeah. I'll shave my head, but I'm not growing a beard. All right. Oh, that would be great, Grant. I bet it would grow in all right. You're Irish, right? <laughs> uh, not not a, a, a minuscule of Irish, you know, a, a minuscule. minuscule. Uh, Dobro Utro, trust me, this was the best Washington game this year. But Kings tonight, just awesome, more than 50 points in the paint. Mm, I, I don't know if I agree with you on that. I don't think the Kings were awesome tonight, uh, particularly on defense. Uh, there's no way they should allow this Wizards team to score the way they did. So I don't think the Kings were awesome tonight. I thought they were good, but I, I'm I'm going to leave awesome for another night, okay? Yeah, I guess it speaks really to one-on-one defense here and the Kings' inability sometimes to guard on the perimeter because yeah. they scored 131 points on only 26 assists, 25 assists, 26 assist Washington did so that that's a lot of one-on-one play yeah there was uh but you know again the Kings put a lot of points on the board tonight in a shootout a lot of a lot of points scored tonight you know you saw the Clippers score they put 151 on the board against Indiana that score was 151 to 127 so not a lot of defense being played in some of these other games you know Denver scored 130 tonight they beat Dallas 130 to 104. Even the Jazz scored 125 tonight in their win against Brooklyn. Uh, Atlanta scored 130 points tonight. So, uh, uh, and look at Cleveland. You know, they beat Houston 135 to 130, all beat in overtime. So it was an offensive night in the NBA. Yeah, it's been an offensive season, Grant. Scoring is up across the board for the most part. And I mean, that kind of takes the advantage away from the Kings because. That's their specialty, but that's why they have to get better in these different areas we talk about all the time. Yeah, and again, I, a lot of people giving props to the Wizards. I give them props. They had some people out. Yeah, uh, They played last night. I give them a lot of credit for the way they played. It's incredibly hard to be a four-win team. Think oh, about boy. that. I mean, Trust you just me, don't have a chance. Yeah, it, you speak to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shut up. Well, I, I mean, it's brutal. Um, it's much worse when you get towards the back 30 games of the season, when everyone knows that on most nights you're going to lose on a lot of nights, you're going to get thoroughly outplayed. And really everyone's just looking forward to the last game of the season. So they can get the hell out of Dodge. I mean, it's bad. You go through coaching changes. I've been through a number of those Mm -hmm. in the middle of the season. Uh, I've been with teams where the interim coach had zero chance and, you feel awful for that interim coach because that's their chance to show what they can do and become a head coach, but the players have quit. And so the interim coach ends up looking bad because they're not able to resurrect the team. 
But the reason why they're not able to resurrect the team is because the team doesn't have any talent in their gutless. So yeah. it, it's it's an awful situation traveling. You feel awful. You can see the anguish on not only the head coach, but you see the assistant coaches who, you know, have wives and kids and their kids are in school and you know they're going to lose their job as soon as the season ends and your heart goes out to them. It's horrible. I mean, mm-hmm. it's terrible. It, it, it's awful. I, I, I went through that multiple times and it's awful. I, it's a horrible feeling to get on the airplane and walk past the coaches and see them in complete anguish with just a look of wow on their faces. And then you get back and you sit down and you and we used to talk about it, Gary Gerald and I. We go, man, I just feel awful for those guys because you know they're going to be gone. And he goes, you know, and it, it, your heart goes out to them, you know, because they're people and they're good people. And in many instances, they're good coaches, but they're in an impossible situation. It's terrible. You illustrated it perfectly and beautifully, and I think that's what people forget about. Or sometimes fans think, okay, you've lost 30, 40, 50 games this year, but you're still getting paid three million dollars. That's not like the I feel better when I get on the team bus. These guys care. This is the height of their profession. Like you said, the coach is getting a chance. Yeah, but the assistant coaches aren't making $3 million a year. The assistant coaches are making decent money, but they're not making seven figures, okay? And, you know, in in all likelihood, their wives have had to move four, five, six, seven, eight times, pack up the house, move the kids. I mean, you know, again, I'm not feeling sorry for them, but Mm -hmm. I I don't think the fans truly understand what – that's like for assistant coaches who move around a lot. I mean, they move around a lot. So again, it's part of the deal. Uh, Everyone knows what they're signing up for, uh, but it doesn't make it any easier when you're part of the family and you see what they're going through and you know, you know, and like you get on the plane in April and you're like, wow, this is the last time, this is the last road trip these coaches are going to be on the plane for because you know they're all going to get fired. And then you see the new coaches come on in the next year. And there are many times when the new coaching staff is there and you look around and you go, this coaching staff has no chance. They're going to be gone in two years or three years. And then two or three years, you got a whole nother coaching staff come on and you develop friendships with these people. Uh, you get to know their families, their wives. You get to, you know, get to know them more than just basketball coaches. You get to know them as people and then they lose their job. And it's it's terrible. Again, it's just uh, it's part of the deal, but it doesn't make it any easier. So you you obviously have lived through this, and that's why you're able to just talk about this so well. But what was it like going from just the height of things in the 2000s to just the years of lonely depression? And fans can, the people watching right now can kind of chime in here too, because it's two completely drastic different realities. And you've got to think it's going to turn around, but it just didn't. Uh, it's much more difficult on my radio show than it is doing the games because once the game starts, it's a basketball game. And I always tried to announce the game the same, whether the team was in first place or last place, whether they had won five in a row or lost five in a row, because I found real beauty in live sporting events. And uh, my job was to describe what was going on. And so, yeah, did I enjoy doing a game in front of a frenzied crowd? in a big game. Yes. But it didn't really change my job that much when the ball was thrown in the air and my job was to announce the game. I mean, there were still great plays. There were still good performances. There were still upsets. There were, you know, there were all kinds of things, 
The hard sure. part for me was going on the radio every day and talking about it for four hours. That That's difficult. And the reason why that's difficult is when a team is struggling, fans want to, you know, get rid of the owner. They want to fire the general manager. They want to fire the coach. They want to trade this guy. They want to trade that guy. They want to trade. And it, it, it's it, it's enough to make you pull the your hair out of your head. But that's what I did for 26 years. And most of the years I was on the radio, the team was bad. So it became part of my life. But that was the difficult part, more so than the games. Doing the games was never difficult. Um, I remember interviewing Ralph Lawler once. Ralph Lawler was the only voice of the Clippers until just a couple of years ago when he retired. And I remember him. I remember asking him about what it was like going through so many horrible years. And he said, I have the greatest job in the world. He goes, my job is to announce the game. And it doesn't matter whether it's a winning team or a losing team. That doesn't change how I approach my job. And that resonated with me. I was like, you know, what a great attitude that is. The, yeah. the, the, the truth is that I was getting paid to do the play-by-play -play of a live event. I had no control over the outcome of the live event. I had nothing to do with whether the team won or whether they lost. I didn't have anything to do with the coaching decisions that were made. I didn't have anything to do with the general manager's decisions to trade this player or trade that player. My job was to announce the game with energy, because I always believe that I, I always had energy, to the best of my ability and entertain the fans for two and a half hours who were investing part of their day to tune in and watch the game. And that's the attitude I took. So, again, my biggest issue, and issue may be the wrong word, the, the, the more tumultuous time for me was on the radio every day. Yeah, and it, it's kind of a tricky time. I know we've talked about this on past shows, oh but you're kind of the you, you're the brush that's kind of painting the narrative, but yet you're on both sides of the camp. Well, not only that, but the fans can't get to the owner and they can't get to the general manager, but they can get to me. So a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times the fans would take their frustration out on me, knowing full well that you know I was on a fifty thousand watt station and that a lot of people were listening. But they couldn't do that to the owner or the general manager or what have you. So they would take it out on me. And I, I understood that uh, it was part of the beauty of my show by taking so many phone calls. And the other part, I always used to tell people this. I always knew what the truth was. Like when I went on right. the radio, I wasn't guessing about what I was telling you that was going on behind the scenes. I knew everything 100 percent of what was going on with the team. Trades that were made that never happened. The reason why trades didn't happen, the reason why trades were blocked, the reason why a player wasn't playing, uh, the reason why this, the reason why that, I, I knew everything. So when I went on the air and made my opinions, they were based on what really was going on. Now, there were times I couldn't disclose everything, but I could lead you down that path. OK, and I always did that. And yet fans would you know, call up and get it, get mad at me and tell me I didn't know what I was talking about when I knew exactly what I was talking about because I was one of the few people walking on earth that knew exactly what was going on with the franchise. So it's the same thing when the Kings were, you know, going to go to Anaheim and then they were going to go to Seattle. And I knew everything for the most part, Carmichael David, me knew everything that was going on from his contacts to my contacts. I, to this day, believe that we were the, the two most knowledgeable people of that entire period of time in Sacramento, more so than any other person in Sacramento, not including Kevin Johnson, uh, Kunal Merchant, the owners, 
and the commissioner. I believe that Carmichael, Dave, and me knew more than anyone else. And so when I went on the radio every day, it was not just like an opinion. It was based on what I knew to be true. You know, that you, I don't know if you, did you ever get a chance to see the Down in the Valley documentary? Yeah. Remember, it was uh, released the day before the playoffs started. No, no, no. Sure. It never, it never, well, it was never officially released on ESPN. They on YouTube. It. Yeah, on YouTube. So you saw it. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, they use my, back then, what was a very, ended up being, I don't know what word to use because I don't like to brag. But I said, you know, we're rolling our sleeves up to our freaking neck and we're not losing this team because this is Sacramento. All right. We're not, we're not this, we're not that. We're Sacramento because we fight and we're that. And we're rolling our sleeves up to our freaking neck. And this team's staying here and we're gonna get it done. Well, okay, I knew when I made those comments that there was a decent chance that the Kings could still be saved and stay in Sacramento. And so every day I went on the radio and there were days, by the way, when I used to go on the radio where I thought, gee, you know what? That's not good. And that's a real uh, that's a real devastating blow. It's like a couple of standing eight counts, but you haven't been knocked down mm -hmm. to the canvas yet, but you're wobbling. And so there were days when I'd go on the radio and just had a standing eight count, but we never got knocked out. And so but uh, but again, Dave, Dave and me knew everything that was going on. I mean, I'm not bragging. It's just the truth. How do you balance the authenticity there, though, with, you know, the emotion coming in from the fans yet knowing maybe some information that they want you to say, but you can't say? It's very difficult. You have to know the line and you have to know where the line is and you have to know, like, when not to cross the line. But I also realized that I had an enormous audience tuning into me every day to get the information. And yeah. I always felt, and I used to say this, I go, listen, the team is still here until the team is gone. You need to support the team. You need to buy tickets. You need to go to the game. The Kings are not in Seattle. They're in Sacramento. All right. If you stop going to the games, if you stop watching the games, if you stop buying tickets, that's going to be a bad look to the NBA and the commissioner. Don't give up. All right. There's still a chance. I'm telling you, I know there's still a chance. This thing is not done. I'm telling you, believe me. You know, I go on the radio every day, year after year. I don't lie to you. I'm telling you, there's still a chance that this team is staying in Sacramento, but you need to do your part. And don't worry about not putting money into the pockets of the Maloofs. Screw the Maloofs, all right? You're not putting money into their pockets. Don't think like that. You're putting money into the pockets of the city of Sacramento and future generations that can have a beautiful arena and an NBA team. That's what you're investing in. You're not putting money in the Maloof's pocket, so don't think that way. Spend your money, go to the games, and show the league that you want this team to stay. This thing is not over. Trust me. Those were the type of messages I would give on a daily basis. It was. It's funny that you lay it out like that because you guys kind of did have those big bullhorns. That that's where everybody went to get that you know kind of rallying cry or that motivation they needed to you know buy that extra ticket or you know support the team that much more. But it was also where they went to get their information, um, whether they liked it or not. So what an asset! It, I had right? mammoth. I had mammoth numbers during that time, and I know I did. And um, I knew that I had everyone tuning into me every day at three o'clock. Mm -hmm. And at times I was 
the fans counselor. And at times they were my counselor, you know, to get me through the day. It was a hard time. I mean, I live with that. You know, me and Dave were on the phone all the time. Sometimes we'd be speaking at three in the morning and, you know, I'd have to tell my wife, you know, she was very understandable. She got it, you know, but we'd be going for walks in our neighborhood and be going, wow, you know what? I might be out of a job next year. What are we going to do? And I mean, you know, you, you talk about all those situations and, you know, my kids were in at that time, junior high school. Right. And you're thinking, gosh, you know, am I going to have to move from here and pull my kids out of school? And, you know, I mean, you think about all kinds of things, right? You think about the whole, the whole gambit. You think about, you know, you, you have to cover all of your bases, but then, I mean, they were, they were, they were dark days. I'd be in the car driving to work and I'd literally be in the car going, I don't know what I'm going to say today. Like, I, I don't know what I'm going to say. Cause there was something that real bad that mm-hmm. would happen and I'd be down and I would just be on the phone with Dave driving to work, got the bad news or I'd give him bad news and I would get on the air at three o'clock and the music would start playing. All right. To the intro to my show. And I had, I I had no idea what, I had no idea what I was going to say. You know me, I don't have anything written down. Nope. And I would just start talking and then I would, you know, get more energy and I would build it up and I would go, Hey, this team's still here. This team's not in Seattle. And even though this is a bad day, doesn't mean that it's the last day. It's just a bad day. Tomorrow could be a good day. Today's a bad, you know, like, so you just, you just, you get through it. Right. And like, I've been very open about this. I've been very open about this. You know, I had Joe Maloof call me a couple of times and scream at me over the phone, you know, and I would yep. literally be yep. sitting outside on my porch with my phone like this on speaker. So my wife could listen and I would let, and I knew Joe, I know how Joe was. So I would let Joe go off. And then finally I would go, Joe, Joe, Joe. And he'd stop talking. I'm like, Joe, I can't get on there and say that. You know that, Joe. So don't ask me to say that. You know I can't do that. Oh, yeah, Grant, I know. I'm just upset. And I'm, uh, you know, and I'm like, I know, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Call me anytime, Joe. But, you know, I can't say that on the air. Yeah, I know, Grant. I'm sorry. I'm just upset. And he's MFers. And I'm not. And I'm, Joe, I know. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> I had all kinds of stuff going on. It was a, a tumultuous period of time. But, you know, as on Down the Valley in the Plane and Wind documentary, I literally broke down on the phone when I found out the Board of Governors uh, voted unanimously to keep the Kings in Sacramento. And I was I remember where I was. I was standing on the tee box at the Fred Belitnikoff golf tournament. And I was literally getting ready to tee off and I had my phone. And I literally became overwhelmed with emotion. And I told my group, they knew what was going I said, hey, I, I got to go for a walk here. I go, the Kings are staying in Sacramento. And they go, what? I go, yeah. and I walked down the car path about, I don't know, 30 or 40 yards down the fairway and called Dave. And I didn't know that the phone call was being recorded. I had no idea. Incredible. And, yeah, it's like, crazy they caught that. Well, because nobody, nobody knows what we went through trust me when i say this nobody other than our wives know what we went through even my co-workers have no idea what i went through okay 
you have no idea what Dave sacrificed. Dave basically put his family on hold, okay, Mm -hmm. for the plane to win tour. Dave was unbelievable. Dave was working tirelessly around the clock. Um, You got to remember, I was still announcing the games, traveling with the team, working, doing all my shows, balancing, you know, everything that goes along with having a radio show and being the TV voice of the franchise. And no one, no one has, and I really mean this, only my wife knows what I endured. Even my kids to a degree, but not like my wife, because she was next to me in the middle of the night for so many of those conversations or Mm -hmm. was, you know, we were outside sitting on the porch and, I would put a lot of these conversations on speakerphone because I knew that she wouldn't believe it if I didn't let her listen. Like if I tried to talk and then tell her what the phone call was about, I knew she wouldn't believe me. So I would let her listen. And she was just dumbfounded. Like she couldn't believe it, you know? And so, you know, uh, all I can say is that there was nothing more rewarding really in my lifetime well, let me back that up. There was really nothing more rewarding rewarding in all of my years in Sacramento than that Board of Governors vote and seeing this community come together and look where we are now, Ryan. Look Crazy. where we are now, right? Look where we are now. A team that last year finally broke through, made the playoffs, third in the West, fourth in the West now, winning on most nights, have a legitimate chance to be very competitive in the spring. And the the, the the images and the scenes that I'm talking about almost seem like a, a lifetime ago, you know? Yeah, they do. And I, I sometimes wonder if it's because everything worked out so perfectly, quote unquote, with the building, right? And everything was smooth. You got the goodbye to Arco. Um, and, and now it's just surreal. I guess it's that promise that's always promised to you, but you always believe in the back of your head it's never going to happen. Well, it happened for Sacramento, and the basketball is now the icing on the cake. Yeah. Seeing this team play well, you know, and yeah, and and the other part about what was going on because I knew everything, and Dave, we knew everything. When you had the idiots around the country that would make fun of Sacramento and say that we were wasting our time and how stupid we were like Rick Buecher, who was embarrassing to a a fault where it ended my friendship with him Mm. because he was so irresponsible. And I, I didn't want to keep a friend like that in my circle of friends. So I went cold Turkey on him and never talked to him again because I thought that he was irresponsible. Um, A man that I had the utmost respect for David Aldridge had the story wrong all the time. And I called him out and he didn't like that. Uh, There were many, Doug Gottlieb, I had to correct on a national show twice because he had the story wrong and I had to interrupt him and tell him, no, you've got it wrong. And he would say, Grant, come on, stop it. You know, you work for the team. And I would go, really, Doug? I work for the team? Okay, well, when the team stays in Sacramento, you can have me back on and apologize to me. You know, these are the conversations that I was having. So, you know, I took this personally, all right, when I was going through this period of time. I took it personally, okay? This was, uh, I, I, I put it on me 
and others. My point is like, it, it was not just, I'm doing a job. No, no, no. This had nothing to do with my job. This became personal for me that this was a fight that I was not going to lose, that we as a community were not going to lose. We were not going to lose this fight. So when I heard the irresponsibility and unprofessionalism of the Rick Bukers of the world, I didn't let that go. I, I, I'm not letting that go. I would call them out. I would make a big deal out of it. And I would make sure that if, if people didn't hear certain comments, that I was going to let them know what was said. And rightfully so. I mean, it matters coming from you, somebody that close and willing to correct somebody that's on a national platform. But I mean, really, your platform and Dave's platform, without those two or without the roles that each of you played in that process that you speak of that was deeply personally to you or personal yep. to you, there is no Kings team here now. There's just not that forum, Grant. It, it's not there like it was then. Yep. Hey, I want to tell you about New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Uh, they are there for you for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. Go to sacserviceplumbing.com or call the number on your screen. Remember, they are available 24-7 for all of your plumbing needs. That's 916-713-1010. New Works Plumbing, they've got a fix for you. Kings win tonight, 143-131. to 131. Sorry, I'm kind of reminiscing on all of this stuff, but... It's kind of nice to talk about other things once in a while, considering that this game was um, such a, a blowout. All right, yeah. here we go. Grant, is your shirt part of the new merchandise coming out? This is the shirt from last year. All right. Uh, we do have new merch that is actually being loaded on the website. There we go, buddy. As we speak. All right. So what we're going to do is... Me and Ryan are going to be on tomorrow right here at 7 o'clock, and we're going to unveil uh, all the new merch that is available on my website and how you can get that. Right, Ryan? So we'll be, we yes, should be sir. followed by tomorrow. 100%. Yep. We were uh, going over a few things before we came on for post game. So we'll have the launch tomorrow, and you going to do, we going to do open forum? Just yeah, do a little we'll do open forum. Okay. Yeah, we'll do open cool. forum. So we're going to have hoodies. We're going to have shirts. We're going to have hats, right? Coffee, Coffee mugs, mugs, stickers. Stickers. Wow. We got lots of stuff. And give us your suggestions. Is there, yes. If there's something you would like to see or you would buy, let us know. And we will work to get that up there. Got some more good news tonight. The uh, Knicks beat the Lakers. There you go. That, that yeah. That's a big thing for the Kings. It, yes. Husky Knicks. They, they yes. go down the other night and they win tonight. I like it. Appreciate all the love. Uh, the reason why I'm on the show with Ryan every night, thanks for everything, Grant. The Kings will always be my first love in the good times and the bad. Loyalty, Dorian. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, again, I it wasn't, it wasn't Dave. It wasn't me. It was Mayor Kevin Johnson, and it was David Stern, and that's where it started, okay? We just did our part. Uh, do I think it was an important part? Listen, I did what I could do, all right? And Dave did what he could do. All I can tell you is without Kevin Johnson, the Kings aren't in Sacramento. And without David Stern, the Kings aren't in Sacramento. If Adam Silver were the commissioner, there's no chance in the world the Kings would have been in Sacramento. Zero. So there yeah. you have it. Yeah, I would agree. You need a coffee mug? Well, you're in luck because we got a coffee mug for you. All right. New merch is coming. Yep. We will uh, unveil it tomorrow. All right. Long sleeve shirts for skinny boys. We got you covered. Right. We Don't we have do one? Yeah, we got everything. Yeah. Yep. yep. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. All right. And I, I think sometimes it's good to remember what we're watching now that you've gone through the, the bad times and now you have a chance to really celebrate and enjoy this basketball team. So it kind of makes sticking with this team and going through all the hard times. Now you, the reward is greater because you know what you went through to get to this point. As long as when I'm talking about the Sacramento Kings, as long as the, but has to do with basketball, we're mm. in a pretty darn good spot as fans here in Sacramento. Well said as I swallow the water there. All right. Hey, I want to tell you about Bennett's. They're in a good spot too. They have three great spots, Sacramento, Howe and Fair Oaks in Roseville, Eureka Road and Lead Hill Road. And of course, this restaurant, Bennett's West Side Grill at the Blue Oaks Town Center in Rockland. Just go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com, make a reservation and check out everything that they offer. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of people that have had their holiday parties. We've gotten great feedback on that. And we really appreciate hearing from all of those people. Don't forget about the weekend brunch, the weekend prime rib. They have happy hour specials on their appetizers, drink specials during the week. And of course, prime seafood and steak. Can't go wrong. You'll love it. Bennett's and the newest location, Bennett's West Side Grill. Sacramento, 143 on the board tonight. That's a big time, big time offensive production. It's a big night. And, uh, you know, you get De'Aaron, who comes back. No setbacks for him. No injuries for the Kings tonight. On and forward. Finish this uh, homestand. All right, here we go. Uh, Grant, how much say do you have in the broadcast? Could you find the analyst talk or request, request replays that you wanted to pop up? Yeah, I could request. Yeah, I used to request stuff all the time. We have what we call a talkback button in the middle of the game that I could talk to my uh, producer and I would say, Hey, can we, we, we should really show this again. We should really do this again. Hey, I want to see this again. Hey, I want to see that. Yeah. That happened all the time, you know? So, yeah. Could you guys Our, call up replays before you actually saw them live no, on the air? No, not unless it was a commercial break. Hey, the team is special because the community is special. Uh, amen to that. No, we didn't see the replays until what's the site for the merch. Well, we'll let you know tomorrow, but I guess I could put it up there on the screen, right? Yeah, you can yeah. throw it up there if you'd like. There you go. If, if that's if you don't like, no, that, that's oh, that's that right. is not the site. That's right. It's the, we'll have a new. You're right. My bad. Yes. We, we will have a new a new link for that. My bad. We I got apologize. you. Yeah. All right, but I want to get back to what the the last person said in regards to the community and the team you're spot on about that that, that you're, you're right about that you know you are right about that uh, the, the kings and the community go hand in hand and they will always go hand in hand and i think it's very unique and i i believe it's uh, the best attribute that our community has the love affair that they've had with this basketball team since the mid 80s this show is sponsored by better help stress we all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, 
being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, well said. And to be honest, it's one of the best attributes of the NBA. It's one of those things. It's the little teams, and I don't want to call us little but smaller market teams that have this type of following and commitment from their fans, yeah. that, that's a huge asset. Appreciate you, Anita. Sacramento community owes so much to you, Grant, and all those who work to keep the team here. Much appreciation. Looking forward to the new merch. Thank you, Anita. Greatly appreciate that. And uh, we we say thank you to you because the community, boy, the playing to win concept and everything that the community did, uh, pretty amazing. And the 30 local owners that stepped up and yeah. donated at least a million dollars uh, to get the ball rolling. So, man, thank you, and thank you to everyone else because uh, those are those are the, the the backbone of this community. The local owners who stepped up and uh, got the job done. Well, the Kings stepped up tonight. They put one forty three on the board, and again, they get good news after the game with the Lakers losing again. That's that's a bad stretch for the Lakers. They lose to the Spurs. In San Antonio, and then the the Knicks are not a bad team, but they, they were at home. They should have won the game. That's what the Lakers are going to do this year, though. When you yes. got LeBron and AD both playing big minutes and playing almost every night, you're going to have those lulls. It's their age. You're right, and they don't all play every night. You know, like, for instance, Davis didn't play against the Spurs. He played tonight. He had 32 points, all right? Uh, LeBron had 25, but they didn't get help from really anywhere else other than Reeves off the bench with 20 and the Knicks uh, win that game. Would I go, let's see, would I go to a, a Kings game with Jerry? You too should be celebrated uh, best in the business. I really appreciate that. I don't have any plans of going to the arena again. So I do appreciate that very much. Um, I'm so happy though when I see everyone going crazy and celebrating and uh, everything else. So I'm delighted, but I don't think you'll see me there. Again, uh, coming up, the Kings and the Celtics on Wednesday. We're going to have the pregame. We're going to have halftime with Jerry Reynolds. Postgame It's going to be a lot of fun uh, coming up on Wednesday. And the Celtics play tomorrow, so keep your eye on that. Yeah, yeah. try to find that one somewhere on TV. But, Grant, this team's played basketball so deep into the spring so many years in a row at this point. Back-to-backs, to me, I don't think really phases a team like Boston. Yeah, 
Probably right. You know, probably right. But if you're a Kings fan, you hope the game goes close and goes down yeah. to the wire and maybe even overtime or double overtime. Hey, I want to tell you about Calusa Sunrise, uh, this newest project from Blazona Development. By the way, Dennis Blazona, huge, huge Kings fan. Big-time Sacramento Kings supporter. And, of course, uh, Sunrise Landing in Calusa. Six models to choose from. No Melaroos, no homeowners. Go to calusasunrise.com and check out this beautiful development by Sunrise Landing. Phase one already sold out. Uh, they're in the uh, uh, phases two and three right now. So check it out. Again, all you need to do is go to calusasunrise.com and check out Sunrise Landing. Rhino, good night for the Kings. Uh, they get the win. They increased their home record. They move up a slot in the West and currently are fourth. And now the homestand gets a little more challenging. Boston, Phoenix, Minnesota. It does. We get to get to that run for Fox to make a case for uh, MVP, right? These are the teams you got to do it against. But you know what? They set the table right to be successful against three better teams. So we'll see what they do. And Grant, the memories tonight and the stories and what you've done for the community. Thank you as well. I know everybody has enjoyed that. So I'll let you take us home. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. And, uh, you know, again, it is all about your support and that's why I had so much fun doing the watch parties during the playoffs at various locations in Sacramento. So, uh, you know, it's, listen, you know how I feel about you. That's never going to change. We've gone through thick and thin, good and bad, you know, and here we are. Still going strong. We're going to turn the calendar in two weeks to a new year of 2024. And we're going to continue to do this and gather and uh, reminisce. And there will always be times when I kind of take a sidestep and maybe get off the, the nightly grind of a 48-minute game and reflect back on some of the times uh, in the history of this franchise. But uh, I'm so happy for you. I really am. I'm so happy that you are able to share in good times because I went through it. I know what the good times are like because I lived through them as your announcer and there's nothing like it. There's really nothing quite like the uh, Sacramento faithful and the fans. So enjoy this because, you know, you never know when it's going to end. You just never know. Right. I mean, the Kings went to the playoffs eight years in a row and then they went 17 years without going to the playoffs. So cherish these moments because you can't again, you just never know. You know, you could have a, a player like Fox go down for a, an extended period of time where, you know, again, you just have to, appreciate this right now. Hopefully it lasts for many years, uh, but you don't know. So, but you deserve this. Believe me, you deserve this. And uh, it's a pleasure doing these shows on a nightly basis. Don't forget me and Ryan tomorrow, seven o'clock right here, unveil the new merch. All right. That's coming your way tomorrow. Thank you very much. Kings win, light the beam. And if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Also, all right, I got a couple of uh, requests today on Cameo. If you need a holiday message, look me up on Cameo. I'm there, can personalize a video. I just did one today for a big-time fan. Love doing it. You can check it out by uh, going to Cameo. All right, take care, everyone. Have a great night. Light the beam. Kings win. So long. <laughs>